Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for joining me today on this beautiful sunny day here in the greater Twin Cities area. It is a beautiful day and I'm just loving the weather. I'm I'm not a a hot and humidity guy, but I sure love the warm sun and and, uh, I'm kind of an avid indoorsman. I like being indoors, but on days like this, I love being out. So we've got a great first hour. Uh, Vince Miller's in the studio and he's brought his new book in and he brought me eight copies to give away. How cool is that? The book is called Call to Act, Five Uncomplicated uh, Disciplines for Men. Five Uncomplicated Disciplines for Men. And I bet we're going to hear all about that in hour one. But I bet you're going to want to get in the drawing for one of his eight books. So I'm excited and, and grateful. Now, hour two, I'm going to have uh, Dr. Everett Piper at the top of the hour. And then uh, Dr. Kent Dunnington, who I think is one of the best guys on the subject of addiction and he is going to talk about seven myths of addiction. That's all today. So let me take a little break and bring on Vince. Have you ever found yourself wondering, I know quite a few Bible stories, but I'm not sure how it all fits together? We're partnering with our friends at Unlocking the Bible to invite you to join us for Summer in the Scriptures. Visit MyFaithRadio.com to sign up. This unique online tool will have you reading God's Word, listening to a short message, and then answering questions designed to help you know the whole story of the Bible. Find out more and sign up today at MyFaithRadio.com. Through Jesus, we have hope. I just wanted to tell you what an integral part of my faith journey, Faith Radio, has been. And some of the programs have truly blessed me. Susie Larson, Carmen LaVerge, Bill Arnold, and several others have made such a difference for me. And now that I'm moving, at least I have the Faith Radio app so that I can continue to listen. Daily hope and encouragement on Faith Radio. So glad to have Vince Miller with me today. He's written a whole bunch of books. His latest one is called Call to Act, Five Uncomplicated Disciplines for Men. We're going to hear all about that today. Vince, welcome. Thanks for having me. Are you kidding me? I always like it when you come in and, come in and talk to me. So let's uh, chat about your new book, Five Uncomplicated Disciplines for Men. I hope we get to cover all five of them today. Oh, we should have just, plenty of time. Good. Just yeah. a touch base. We'll get these things started and... Uh, we've got uh, eight copies of the book, and they're going to be going in a drawing for whoever sends the word, uh, text the word book to 877-933-2484. We'll make sure you get your name in the drawing for one of uh, Vince's books. All right, so let's talk about uh, the premise of this book and how this all started in your brain. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I was I, I encounter men all the time who... Um, Let's just put it this way. They hesitate in their faith and they really struggle with understanding how to kind of get moving. Uh, they get really excited at the beginning stages, but then they struggle to understand, like, how do I take the first steps? Uh, I was encountering this all the time as I'm speaking and guys are coming up to me and they're saying, 
okay, what do I need to do next? And they get super excited. And Mm -hmm. I look at them and I go, okay, let's give you some steps. And so for me, it's always basic spiritual disciplines. Mm -hmm. And I found that if you can just guide a, a man through some basic steps he will even get more fired up, and he might totally. actually engage with the faith. Totally. Men, you know, men love a little bit of guidance and rules, don't they? And I mean rules in a good way. Well, and you got to tell a guy what to do. He, he's yeah. not going to figure it out on his own. You actually literally have to tell him. You have to break it down into simple steps because if you make it complicated, he'll hesitate every single time. Mm. And then if he hesitates, he stalls. And if he stalls, he will perpetually fail. Okay. And then he'll beat himself up on the inside. Yeah. Yep. Boy, that makes perfect sense. All right. As I'm uh, paging through the book here right now, getting, mm-hmm. getting past the table of contents, let mm-hmm. me say, let me say we start with uh, part one, the search for a man who acts. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, yeah. Man is called to listen. Yeah. 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 You want me to walk you, walk you through a little bit? So I, I would love, I, yeah, I would love to. <laughs> so it's kind of a fun book because uh, I, I begin the book by tar- talking simply about like God is looking for a man who will actually act. And I set up the premise in Genesis, actually, by going back to the beginning of the Bible and helping men to understand that God has actually empowered us to act. He gave us dominion, authority, voice, a moral rule to actually wield and discern and use. And then in chapter three, we fail to act, right? We fail to use the blessings that God had given us for uh, his glory. And so because of that, I believe the Bible is really a story about man's failure to act in hopes that God would find one that would. And, of course, I believe that was accomplished in Jesus Christ himself. Mm -hmm. God provided a man who did act, who spoke up and acted on his behalf. And so Jesus is the image of what I believe the perfect man should be. Now, with all that, God still wants to empower us to understand how to do it. So actually, he brings Jesus to earth to walk 12 men through it and shows them how to do basic things in their faith. And he uncomplicates really everything that religious leaders had made complicated mm-hmm. and thus mobilizes 12 men that mobilize a worldwide movement. Yeah. He invested a lot of those three years of ministry into those 12 men. Oh, yeah. And it, was, mean- it was significant. And he called them uh, out of the lives that they were living to follow him so that he could show them as a good rabbi the way. Yeah, that's really cool. All right, what are the uh, five voices all men hear? Oh, yeah. So, you know, I think in essence, the book uh, really describes the fact that for us to be men who are called to act, we have to hear, right, and then respond to that. And mm-hmm. what we need to do is close the gap between our hearing and acting spiritually. Okay. Literally close the gap between hearing and acting. Uh, but the only way to do that is to hear the right voice, mm-hmm. right? Does this make sense? And so there's a lot of voices out there in the world today. And I think men overcomplicate this because, well, they're hearing voices that are powerfully directing their lives. And so I walk men in that chapter through the five, five voices, I believe all men hear. So voice one is this, it's the voice that I think others think that I am, the voice that I think others think that I am. And, uh, you know, this is really powerful because it's almost narcissistic if you think about it. The second voice is the man that others think that we are. The third voice is the man that we think that others think that we are. The fourth voice is the man that we actually are. That's Romans 7. And the fifth voice is the man that God wants me to be. And I believe men out there are hearing all these voices, especially those first four, Mm -hmm. and they have to discern through those first four until they finally end up listening to the one 
that they really need to hear most of all. It's the voice from God, the voice that God wants us to be. And it's hard for men to hear that voice when all these other four voices are complicating our lives. And it doesn't matter what stage or phase or age of life you are. It doesn't matter. We all hear those voices, and they're very, very powerful, and they guide us away from God's voice. And God has something to say about who we are and who he wants us to be. And if we could just tune in to God, right, Mm -hmm. we could really tune into him. Man, it would change our lives forever. Yeah, this is highly motivating. You should write books and be a speaker. Oh, okay, good. I'll do that. I mean, that that was my first response (laughs) (laughs) because it's so so encouraging because men have— Men will generally suffer, I should speak, um, not, I'm not speaking in big sweeping generalizations, but yeah. I think you might agree, men can be uh, a little bit passive and apathetic at times when it comes to their faith. Yeah, well, and that goes back to that hesitancy piece, yes. right? Because, uh, you know, uh, think about this. Um, guys will hesitate if we don't make things super simple for them. So imagine you open up your new mobile phone, right? Okay. So you probably have a phone, right? I have one here. I won't say what brand it is, but you open that thing up, right? And when you open it up, it's easy to use. You know how to turn it on, you push the button, and it works. It mm-hmm. walks you through a few steps, and you're excited to use it. I think that's how men are. They're super excited about their faith. I think more than people believe. Mm-hmm. But if you don't make the faith easy for them to engage with, and so they can use it immediately, and you give them too many directions or make it too theological or too complicated, then they won't take that first step because they're super excited to use it. Guys want to <laughs> use the toy in the box, man. They want to get after it. And I think too often, and this is not a knock on any one pastor, any one leader, or any one ministry director, or any of those kinds of things, but I think sometimes pastors make it too complicated for guys, so they never take that first step, so they get excited about the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth. And we got to show them how to really hear from God in simple ways. And so that's why I walk people through these guys, through these five simple and uncomplicated disciplines so that they will take steps to hear from God and deafen these other voices of their life. Mm, that's really good, Vince. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed uh, that w- us men are so simple and yet we're so eager too. Yeah, we're super eager. We are eager. Yeah, no, we're super eager. I mean, go back, if I can for a second, go back to the Bible and, and look at Jesus. Jesus actually did uncomplicate everything about our faith, right? He, super, he did this. In fact, in the greatest sermon ever preached in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 on the Sermon on the Mount, what does Jesus do? He uncomplicates everything that religious leaders made complicated. Mm-hmm. And he closes it off with this. This is the finale of his talk. There are two men. There's a foolish man and a wise man. Mm-hmm. The foolish man heard and didn't do, and the wise man heard and acted. That's it. And Jesus looks out at him and says, listen and do and be wise and build your house on a solid foundation for when the storms of life befall us, Mm -hmm. you will stand. And he's talking about the deepest level of integrity there, hearing and acting. Man, if we could get men to do what Jesus said to do, this isn't my idea. I didn't come up with the stuff Jesus did. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing throughout the entire Bible. I was reading Isaiah this morning. It's the same thing. Hear, 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 act, act, act. And it just, it's repeated like a, <laughs> like, a, like a massive megaphone throughout the entire Bible. It's just when Jesus lives it out, he uncomplicates it all for us. I love it. All right. Uh, Vince Miller is my guest, Called to Act, Five Uncomplicated Disciplines for Men is the title of his new book. And we've got, uh, thanks to Vince, eight copies to give away today. So 
if you want to be part of that drawing, simply text the word book, nothing else. No punctuation, nothing. Just B-O-O-K to 877-933-2484. We'll get you in the drawing. Be right back. with Vince Miller. We're talking about his new book called The Act, Five Uncomplicated Disciplines for Men. All right. Did we cover number one in its entirety? No. Okay, good. Yeah. Let's, let's go back to that then. Yeah. Yeah. Prayer. Want okay. to dive into that? Or part one? No, no, no. Part one. Oh, part yeah, one. Yeah, one of the yeah. five. No, we're good. We're yeah, still in. We're golden. Yeah. We're still in part one? Yeah, we can go to part two. No, I want to stay in part one. Okay, let's I stay be there. Thorough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So where do we go in part one? Because I haven't read the book. Because I haven't read the book yet. Because you just brought it in ten minutes ago. Yeah, literally just so, brought it in. Cut yeah. me some slack here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're not through it yet. Come on. No, I'm not through it yet. <sighs> Gosh, Bill. Okay. So uh, yeah. So you know the essence of helping a guy to hear and act, I think, gets him excited. I, I think if we can close the gap between his hearing and acting, mm-hmm. and with more immediacy, get men moving, we might see a more aggressive movement of it, men engaged in their faith. And I believe it really actually mobilizes man. And as soon as he gets moving with these kinds kinds of things, he gets, I really believe, super excited. But we have to uncomplicate these things and make it simple so men will engage. And and that really is the essence of the first part of the book. Nice. All right. um, Let's go to discipline numero two. One. One. That's discipline. He's a speed reader, guys. I am a speed reader, yes. (laughs) He's been flying through it while sitting here. Yeah, no, discipline one is prayer. Okay. And, uh, uh, you know, I think here's what I do with each chapter. I try to talk about why it's complicated and then try to uncomplicate it. So I'm going to talk about why it's complicated first. And I think prayer is complicated because, look, you turn to a guy and tell him that he's supposed to pray to an unseen God for the first time, and he freaks out. Okay, so seriously, I've led... Many, many people to Christ over my 28 years of ministry. Probably doesn't seem like that long because I look very young, right? Of course. So, and, uh, but, you know, the fact is, the fact of the matter is, is that when you're standing there and you're praying with a guy for the very first time, you, you look across at him and I usually say, would you like to pray? And oh my goodness, you should see the biggest, strongest, most powerful leadership type men will look at you like a deer in headlights and go, well, isn't that what you're paid to do right now? Why right. <laughs> did you pray for me? Yeah. Right. The, and of course, I was a hired gun. You yeah, do I'm, I'm, I'm the professional. So you yeah. pray for me. And I'm like, well, you're about to engage in prayer for the rest of your life. Do you understand that? So maybe you better learn right now. Mm-hmm. This might be a good crash course. So, uh, you know, men, they, they have a hard time expressing themselves from the beginning, right? They're just really, it's really hard to do that. And to tell a guy for the very first time, you're supposed to have a conversation with someone you don't see who you are not sure is going to answer you back. You have all kinds of questions about what am I supposed to say? I mean, let's be honest about it. So you got to just kind of uncomplicate those things and help men to kind of understand super uncomplicated ways of learning to pray. So here's one tactic in chapter one that I think uncomplicates it. Okay. Just pray out loud. Literally pray out loud. 
revolutionary in my prayer life, to be quite honest, was Mm -hmm. years ago I came to discover if you just have an out loud conversation with God that you have to articulate words, you have to form sentences. And by the way, if you're not praying in your mind, you don't get lost and trail off and fall to sleep and get bored, Mm -hmm. right? Here's the funny thing about the Bible, right? So let's look at the New Testament. The disciples were really fascinated by Jesus's prayer life, right? In fact, one day they caught Jesus praying in Luke 11, and they said to him, no kidding, these words, hey, teach us to pray like John did, because you're not teaching us how to do it, because they saw him praying, right? Mm -hmm. And then Jesus prays one of the most familiar prayers in all the Bible, the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's mm-hmm. Prayer, good Bill, the Lord's Prayer, and he prays, <laughs> he prays the Lord's Prayer. I didn't know it was a prayer. pop quiz. Yeah, a pop quiz, <laughs> I'm going to quiz you, yeah. He prays the Lord's Prayer, and no kidding, as he gets done praying the Lord's Prayer, he basically turns to these guys and just says to them, ask God for anything. But do you know why they asked Jesus to teach them how to pray? Because they caught him praying out loud all the time. Seriously, out loud all the time. Why do you think we have some of his greatest prayers written down? Well, maybe because Jesus was saying them out loud, right? And there's such a great rhythm from doing that that is is powerful. You know, I used to be worried that my my kids and my wife were going to catch me praying. But shoot, I suddenly discovered that the disciples caught Jesus's pr- Jesus praying and had an impact on their life forever, right? So teach us, how do you do this? What does this look like? And he basically says, look, guys, don't just recite the Lord's Prayer, which, you know, I've done hundreds of times before football games, right? Mm-hmm. But don't just recite a rote prayer, pray and ask God for anything. And by the way, just say it out loud. It's such good practice early on in your prayer life. Otherwise, you sit around and listen for Christian phrases that you hear that you start using because Mm -hmm. that must be the way you're supposed to pray Mm -hmm. is use phrases and expressions like this. Mm -hmm. Now, Mm -hmm. do I sound spiritual? Mm Mm-hmm. And that's not raw communication, is it? No, it, it's, not, it's not super helpful. And you have to think about it. how do most people learn how to pray? Well, they learn by listening to other people pray, right? Right. So if they hear people praying prayers that, they're, that are, uh, are, are scripted or uh, impossible for them to pray on their own, they think that, oh, that's for other people. That's not right. for me. We right. really think that. But if we just start articulating ourselves out loud and we start communicating, then, wow, we, we have taken what is a, a very intangible practice, a, a mysterious practice, really, and we make it visible and tangible. There's this auditory piece of it that's very powerful, and that's how we take something that's mystical like this and make it real, mm-hmm. right? Something that's abstract and make it tangible. Yeah. So where are the baby steps? Do, do baby steps in the car or in the shower or where you just start with a couple of phrases or a couple, I mean, not phrases, but a couple of sentences to God. Mm-hmm. And you're just speaking out loud. You're just praying to him out loud. Here's actually what I tell some tell the guys to do in the book is I tell them, okay, the first and most important step that you need to do is to set a time and a location. Set a time and a location, period. Mm-hmm. It is the most important step in spiritual discipline that you'll ever take. Seriously, think about it. If, you, if you're looking for change in your life, and let's say you go to a, a counselor or a coach or, or somebody of that nature, the very first thing that counselor or that coach is going to do with you is they're going to set a time and location for you to show up at, mm-hmm. right? It's so basic and simple, but they're going to set a time and location for you to show up at in hopes that when you get there, your <laughs> life will be changed, right? right. That's, right. that's a real step. You know, yeah. motivation is not a step. Inspiration is not a step, Right. Determining a time and location is a step as long as you go there and you meet with that person. So that's actually what I tell guys to do first is set a time and location. And then when you get there, pray out loud. Mm-hmm. Begin with that. Even just five minutes a day. Not 
you don't have to pray long prayers. I really don't believe that long prayers are all that helpful. Just pray every day for a long for a long part of your life, mm-hmm. and you'll discover that you've actually developed a rhythm of talking with God. Yeah, over a lifetime. Is that old Brother Lawrence book, Practicing the Presence of God? I read that book thirty years ago, and I was just have an ongoing conversation all day long with them. Exactly. But, boy, that was that was wise. And and you know what, Brother Lawrence is right on about that, right? Mm. Because we don't get there overnight either. No. We don't understand how to take something abstract and make it tangible unless we begin with very, very simple steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a tendency of oftentimes feeling sorry for people that I'm just seeing, whether I'm in my car or, you know, in a in a public place where you just look upon someone who mm-hmm. seems to be struggling or at a real disadvantage or you see something on the news and you just feel instantly sorry for people. And I just think, Lord, bless that person right now where they're mm-hmm. at. Uh, fill their life with grace, help them to know you, help them to be comforted by you. Prayer over. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. Yeah, those those amazing moments. There's all these little tactics that we could deploy mm-hmm. to build the rhythm, right? That's one of them. I, I used to, like, actually, when I got in the car, turn off the radio, except for Faith Radio. I would turn off uh, the radio. Because yeah, I was feeling sorry for you <laughs> up until that comment. Yeah, exactly. Now you're back in my yeah, good graces. Yeah. <laughs> So I would I would get in the car, I would turn off the radio, and the first 10 minutes of my car ride would just be prayer because yeah. I, I would change that. It would be my time and location would be the first 10 minutes of my car ride. Or uh, turn the radio back on. Okay, there, everybody, we're safe now, right? Right, right. And at every stop sign, pray, for example. Or when you see an ambulance drive by, pray. Or when you see someone or God prompts you, just stop and pray yeah. instantly. Or set a timer on your watch, your phone, right? Simple, simple baby steps, but very, very important for developing a lifelong rhythm. And, you know, so much of our life is based on appointments. We've got, you know, anything from having to be at work at a specific time to a Zoom call at a specific time to a tea time at a certain time. Mm-hmm. We know time and appointments. Mm-hmm. You meet a friend for a workout. You know, you just, come on. Set we do a time, it with everything set else. Set a time for God. Yeah, exactly. And put it on your schedule so you can see it when you missed it. Right. Good point. Mm-hmm. Good point. Vince Miller is my guest. He's in studio with his new book called Act, Five Uncomplicated Disciplines for Men. And he was nice enough to bring eight copies with him. And if you uh, would like to get in the drawing to win one of those uh, books, please text the word book. Just book. Nothing else. No punctuation, no smiley face, nothing. Just book to 877-933-2484. You'll be in the drawing and you'll uh, find out uh, probably... In a couple of days, if you're one of the lucky winners, we'll take a little break. And when we come back, uh, more of Vince Miller. If you have a question for Vince, maybe something you've heard that you would like us to elaborate on, or you have a question uh, about something you've heard him say, now's the time to send that text question over as well. That's the same number for your convenience, 877-933-2484. I will, I will ask your question on your behalf. We'll be right back.
back to the show. Vince Miller is my guest. His new book is called Call to Act, Five Uncomplicated Disciplines for Men. All right, Vince. Discipline number two, I think, is scripture. It is. Let's hear all about that. Yes. I love it. Super complicated, right? So yep. you, you hand a guy a Bible for the very first time, and he, he, you walk him into a store. I mean, this is used, I used to do this back when there were bookstores, right? So you walk a guy into a bookstore, you say, pick out a Bible. They pick out the very first Bible. They'd go... Uh, Vince, which one am I supposed to pick? Because there's like a thousand of them, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'd walk him over and help him pick an like an easier to read version. I'd pick it up and I'd explain to him, look, it's written in other languages, right? Because that's why there's so many translations that you see here. Da 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 da. And over the years, people tried to make the you know the commentary more contemporary, basically, to help you to connect with God's word. And, of course, I'd scribe in their Bible, write them a little note. I wouldn't sign the Bible, by the way, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I would scribe a note in the Bible, and I'd hand it to them, and they'd take it home. And no kidding, I would get a call almost every time because they would say to me, now, where am I supposed to start? Mm. You know, and then I would point them to the book of John, and uh, 10 minutes later, sometimes I would get a call from a guy. I started in John, but who's this word guy in the first chapter here? In the beginning was the word. Who's that guy? You know, and I'd have to describe all this. So, you know, we sometimes forget that when we're handing someone a Bible for the first time and they're engaging with Scripture, that it's not like any other book ever written. Like, mm-hmm. seriously, it's not like any other book. It's a library of books in a single book written by 40 authors over 2,000 years in cultures that people didn't live, in times that they didn't live, with languages they don't understand, and names they, they can't pronounce, right. and foods that they've never eaten in their entire right. life, right? So right. they pick this thing up, and it's seriously overcomplicated. So you have to make this uncomplicated for people. And some disturbing images. Yeah, there's some crazy stuff in it. Mm-hmm. There's actually parts of the Bible that appear to be pornographic, right? And mm-hmm. some disturbing wars and, you know... And killings and... Yeah, death and, mm, I mean, yeah. all kinds of things that I know that you've talked about on your radio, radio program with a number of other really smart people. But you have to uncomplicate that for guys. So I tell them to do a couple of really simple tactics mm-hmm. to make the whole thing uh, basically uncomplicated. So the first thing I tell them to do is pray before you begin, right? We have to remember that it's a spiritual book, Right. This this book isn't like a book, any other book you get on a bookshelf, not even like mine. Uh, the Bible professes that it's inspired by God and has some, there's something supernatural about the Bible itself. So that when we interact with it, that the authors, right, who wrote down God's inspired word, the authors were not inspired. It's the word that was inspired, right? The, the, the men that wrote this stuff down, they were fallible men, just like you and me, Bill. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were broken, fallible men, but God's word is inspired. So there's something unique about it. It's good for like teaching, correction, reproof, and training in righteousness, we learn in Second right. Timothy, right? So it has power to do a whole lot of things. So before we ever engage with it, stop and pray for a few minutes. Like, look, there's something supernatural that's about to happen within you. As you read this word, and I tell guys, you know, just pick a chapter or maybe a short book, begin there, maybe in the New Testament, maybe it's John, maybe it's one of the shorter New Testament letters, but pick a book and read a chapter once a day for an entire week and just keep reading it and watch what God does. And years ago, Bill, I discovered this and it changed the way I read the Bible. I think most men pick up the Bible, think you're supposed to read it from beginning to end. You got to get through it as quick as you can so you can check the boxes and you got through it in a year. And while that's a worthy goal, I don't think it's the best place to begin. Mm -hmm. I actually think the best place to begin is just to read maybe one of the gospels. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are one of the letters that are shorter and read one chapter a day for an entire week and then do this daily. Read the text 
And then as soon as something hits you, stop when you feel convicted. This is absolutely critical because if the Bible is actually a spiritual book, it should convict. And when the Holy Spirit and God's word begin to interact, it's supposed to produce change in our life. We don't worship the Bible. We don't worship Bible reading or the discipline of reading the Bible itself. What we do is worship the God of the Bible. So therefore, when we pick up scripture, we should interact with it spiritually. And I promise you, there are books of the Bible that I had trouble getting through for years because I would read something, I would be convicted, and I would stop. Mm-hmm. And then I would pray again mm-hmm. that God would work something over me. There is something every single time that I need to stop, start, and continue every single time that I pick up God's Word. And so that's how I tell men to engage with the spiritual discipline of reading God's Word. Mm-hmm. And now you've got um, other alternatives as well. If you're going to read a chapter the same chapter every day for a week, I would encourage you on one day to listen to that chapter being read mm-hmm. on your Bible phone app mm-hmm. because you're going to say, oh my, I didn't hear that the first time I read it. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that. Um, you, just, you, can, you can encounter God's Word so many different ways now. I yeah. think it's a real asset. No, I've, I've listened to the Bible all the way through. I've journaled the Bible. Oh. I've prayed the Bible. Like, I've, I've done a lot of different things. And, and you don't want to overcomplicate things for guys, but I definitely think the repetitive pattern of trying to hear different things from God's Word over mm-hmm. and over again helps them to actually engage with it and love it. Because if it starts to produce life change for them, right, for men, if it starts to produce life change, they're going to want to go back to it again and again and totally. again and again. Yeah. It's not just reading through it. It's a worthy goal but I don't think it's the place to begin. The place to begin is allowing the word of God to affect you, to be convicted by it and then produce change, but it'll keep you coming back for more and more. Watch men get fired up about that. It's the love affair of your life. Mm -hmm. So be ready and and then just plan every day. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. All right. Uh, What about like uh, brotherhood and accountability? Yeah, so... uh, you know, discipline one and two, I call those kind of the more personal disciplines. So... Uh, prayer and scripture reading while private need to be taken public eventually, right? Mm -hmm. So while private, they need to be taken public eventually. And the way that we do that is through brotherhood, relationship with other men, right? Now, uh, I hate to say it, but male spiritual relationships are all complicated for men. In fact, all three of those words are complicated for men, male spiritual relationships, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? It's very, very challenging for guys. In fact, to build a spiritual relationship with another man is a little odd to a guy. Like, he, he understands uh, just casual, superficial relationships. He can do that all day long. He can work alongside somebody else. But you ask men to be a part of a small group or you ask them to engage in a spiritual conversation, oh, boy, do they hesitate. It's very, very difficult for guys. And so I'm trying to uncomplicate brotherhood for them to help them to understand how to maybe take a first step in a relationship with another man. Because, you know, we read in in Proverbs 27, 17, for iron sharpens iron, right? Iron sharpens iron, which means that men got to do relationship with each other and they've got to literally grind their lives against each other before they're ever going to become sharper, so does one man sharpen another, right? Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen. the classic 
men's ministry verse. So Mm -hmm. we've got to get engaged with brotherhood, with relationship, even though men will straight arm it. And it's very, very uncomfortable for them. But the only reason it's uncomfortable for them is because they've never done it before. I know. That's the reason. (laughs) You know, when you start talking um, scripture and the Lord with another brother in Christ, Mm -hmm. it's the most exciting conversation you can have. Yeah. And it's because you and I have tasted of that, Bill. It's because you and I are in relationship, whether it be accountability relationship or brotherhood with other men, we've tasted of it. But the guys that haven't experienced it, they're weirded out by it and they're concerned really about two things, the shame that they have, Mm -hmm. right, concerning sin, and then the pride that actually keeps them from that because they would rather do other things. Yeah. And, And shame and pride keep men from a variety of spiritual disciplines, but this one especially. And as soon as a man gets in a relationship with another man or a group of men, he experiences well, he's not alone, that all these other guys are actually just like him, yeah. <laughs> filled with sin and problems. You also will discover, though, if you start talking to other men, you might reveal how much you don't know. And that, you know, when do men want to feel inadequate? Like never? Uh, absolutely. They don't, never want to feel that way. They mm-hmm. never want to feel put down or ashamed or that, like, like they don't know the answers. Or, of course, they hate that. Or they don't really want to, they're not ready to open up to anybody. They want to build trusting relationships. Yeah. So they don't want to disclose their sin in their life and their problems all at once. They, they need to take steps toward it. So here's what I tell guys to do. Uh, I tell guys to uncomplicate this, to think not face-to-face, but shoulder-to-shoulder. Nice. And start with shoulder-to-shoulder activities, things like golf, guns, games, right? <laughs> things where there's a, yeah. things where we're, we're standing like this shoulder to shoulder. And I'm envisioning us standing shoulder yeah. to shoulder right now, but not too close, six feet apart. But right. while we're standing shoulder to shoulder, um, we're doing an activity together and it's so much easier to talk about all kinds of crazy things, mm-hmm. right? But that's where it begins. And eventually we got to turn it face to face, but it begins with those kinds of things. So I can't tell you how many times that I've had incredible conversations with people on a golf course. Seriously, some of the most meaningful and intimate conversations are now you got to be, be intentional about having those conversations. Yeah, you also have to be on the fairway too. You yeah, have those yeah conversations. you got to be generally hitting your balls <laughs> in the same location. That's right. <laughs> oh, I, always, so I always say, see you guys on the green. <laughs> Maybe you should go to a sporting event. Instead. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever it is that you do, like, you know, even if you're fishing next to each other, you can have these amazing conversations and you could talk about the art of fishing or the skill of fishing or right. share something in common and then all of a sudden bring up life issues like what you're dealing with your in life when your personal life and your family at work and then i think the key is to take that thing further further and find simple ways to impart prayer and scripture into that brotherhood mm-hmm. because if you don't do it early and often you're never going to do it and it's mm-hmm. going to become again another one of those superficial relationships yeah. but i show guys how to do that in the book fantastic uh, again vince miller is in my in my guest and his book is called called to act and I also want to just let you know that uh, he's got eight copies to uh, give out to listeners today. So uh, send me the word book to 877-933-2484, and you'll be in the drawing to uh, win a copy of Vince's book. Yeah, the accountability part and the brotherhood part, those are tough ones. People are busy with lots to do, job to go to, kids to take care of and get to their games and do everything. So when are they finding this time? Mm-hmm. Vince. That's the key part, man, yeah. is we got to make the time. We got to yeah. set a time and a location, right? You got to keep coming back to that. And I think that's where when we move prayer and scripture 
into a public relationship with another guy. It, it's There's so many benefits that come from it, but you got to make the time to do it. Otherwise, men will put it off. You know, you know how most men end up in brotherhood relationships mm. after they've experienced serious pain in their life? That's true. That's how they get there because pain is a powerful teacher that maybe you needed brotherhood way back here that would have prevented all the problems that you now have in your life. You know, Uh, Jesus spent time in proximity with his 12 guys. Why did he do that? Because he knew that proximity mattered, right? So he committed to that. He committed to those relationships. We can't get better by doing life apart from other men. I think that's another one of the reasons this time in our world is so difficult right now because we're all apart from each other. And we're all separated. We're not gathering. We're not uh, doing the things that you're, the very things you're talking about. Yeah. There's, there's things that actually we're experiencing. We talked about this before the show, but things that we are experiencing about being in studio together, still apart from each other. Yeah. We're we're quite a distance away. Yeah. That's the nice thing about a nice big studio is you're quite a distance away. Yeah. But the, the value of it is I can see how you're responding. I can interact with your facial expressions in a different way. We can have a more meaningful dialogue and it's not just all virtual and there's certain things you can't replicate there, unfortunately. Yeah. But, uh, I've been longing for that myself. Like this has been hard for me for a couple months. I'm very extroverted. So I kind of want to be with people. I want to be speaking with them. I want to be shaking hands. I want to yeah. be praying with them, you know, yeah. those kinds of things. And, and they want to be doing it with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah and, it's a two way street. Yep, yeah, exactly. All right. Um, again, if you want to get in the drawing for the book, uh, text the word book to eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. Vince Miller is my guest. Called to Act is the name of his book, Five Uncomplicated uh, Disciplines for Men. Be right back. Vince Miller. His book is called Called to Act, Five Uncomplicated Disciplines for Men. Vince, I love your passion. I think we get to uh, one of the disciplines that excites all of us, and that's ministry. Yeah, you know, uh, (laughs) ministry is where everything really is moved into visible action for everybody to see. You know, I I think men overcomplicate ministry all the time. In fact, I'll encounter men quite frequently who will be like, eventually one day I hope to do ministry full-time. (laughs) and they can't wait till they retire so they can finally do ministry. Or uh, I'll encounter guys that feel like they're very disqualified to actually do regular ministry because the only expression of it they've ever seen is from a pastor on a stage, Mm -hmm. and they don't feel like they have those gifts, therefore they feel unworthy of that. And I feel that what makes ministry uncomplicated is a male pattern self-disqualification, right? We actually privately shame ourselves and disqualify ourselves from the ministry that God has called us to. And we complicate it on top of that by thinking it's a vocation or someone is where some, some, it's something that someone's paid to do something like Vince, or it's, it's left for people who have preaching or teaching or singing gifts and they don't have those gifts. Therefore they think they're disqualified from it or even worse. And this is the private shaming. I think that goes on in the confines of a man's mind is he thinks he's too sinful, he's too broken, he is not trained, he is not qualified, uh, he's got sin issues that he's still trying to deal with, and therefore he thinks, I can't do it. But we fail to really understand that ministry is a way of life, right? And sometimes guys are looking for this calling 
when it's not a calling we're looking for at all, it's a following. Uh, Jesus did it very simply. He turned to guys and he said, come follow me, and they followed. Mm -hmm. And what we're trying to do is follow Christ on a perpetual basis. So I try to help men to see in the book that ministry can just be broken down into very simple things. And one of the things I tell guys is just do a small act of obedience today, literally today. So I propose the question at the beginning of each day, ask yourself this this question, what does God want me to do today? What does he want me to do today? And then act on it. That's it. And then ask yourself that question again tomorrow and then act on it. And then ask yourself that question, so on. And so you see where I'm going with this, right? Into perpetuity. Right. But if you begin to do that today and ask, what is that act of obedience that God wants me to do today? You will look back over your lifetime and see that there has been lifelong ministry going on all the time. Mm -hmm. And that God takes those acts of obedience and he uses them to influence other people's lives. You know, you and I can sit here today and, and we can say that this program right here is influencing hundreds of thousands of people on a regular basis. Why? Because you showed up at work, <laughs> right? Because you were obedient to God, because you shared his message with people, right? And hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of people will hear this program and then they will share it with someone else, and it's going to stir their hearts just because you showed up today. And that's crazy stuff to me. That's how God works. That's what ministry is. It's not a title. It's not a job. It is a way of life. It is not a title. It is not a job. It is a way of life, period. Mm. So go live it. Make it, it uncomplicated, man. Yeah, I love it. All right, here's a question that came in from a listener, and we're trying to compare the difference between uh, getting in with the act, taking action. Mm-hmm. All right, Peter, he was able to just jump out of the boat because, you know, he saw Jesus walking across the water and he wanted a piece of that. Mm-hmm. And so there's almost no thinking to that, mm-hmm. took action. Job, on the other hand, he had to endure a lot of suffering and pain and he seemed to be in a situation where he couldn't act quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is, uh, maybe we can try to compare the two. Mm-hmm. Okay, so perfect. So uh, I actually reference both guys in the book, nice. by the way, Job nice. and Peter. And so let's look at Peter first. So Peter, he's talking about New Testament Peter, who's in the boat, and he asked Jesus if he can come out to the water, right? Peter acts, and I love this about Peter. This is Peter's, I believe, one of his finest moments, even though yeah, people look at it as a perpetual failure. No, I love it. You know, this is one of his finest moments. You know why? He is the only human being ever to walk on water. And why? Right? He is the only pure human yeah. to ever walk on Why? Because he got out of the stinking boat, for yeah, goodness sake! That magician in Vegas did it. So. <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah, there's people that there have tried are other it. people that have yeah, done yeah, it. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, you know, it, the the funny thing about it though is he, when he gets out of the boat, he he has a failure, and for some reason, we we get fixated on the failure, but we fail to remember that he is the only person who ever walked on water. You know what? I believe sometimes acting is a means by which we learn, and even if we fail, we learn another way not to do something. The worst thing to do would be to continue to sit on the boat and never experience what that would look like, mm-hmm. right? Now let's turn to Job in the Old Testament. Job chapter 1, of course, we know Job loses everything, right? It, and it's, it's hard. He loses all of his kids in a house in a storm one day, and the house collapses on it. Not only that, he loses his cattle, loses land, I mean, everything. Mm-hmm. Everything's plundered. And, you know, for Job, it's a little bit different. Um, 
I wouldn't call it acting slowly. I actually think he acted quickly. He was quick to say, God gives and God takes away. Mm. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And that is appropriate spiritual action. And by the way, his action was daily taking that step in lieu of all these other messages and voices he's hearing. He was hearing voices right, from other people about who he was, but he stayed tuned in to the voice of God, going back to hearing and acting again, right? Mm-hmm. We've got to couple those together. Those together, And because of his faithfulness, while at the end of his journey, we get kind of concerned about, is Job on the fence now? Guess what Job got to do? Job got to see God. He got to hear the voice of God. And then God questioned him, of course, with 50 questions, which probably made him a little uncomfortable, but he got to hear and see God. That's craziness. Why? Why? Because of daily acts of obedience done over a long period of time, mm-hmm. right? Through great difficulty. So there you go. That's how I'd respond to Job, Peter. That's a great point. Um, you know, Jesus said in this world, you, you will have tribulation. And I, um, I mean, just the, the storms of life are so inevitable. And if you think of everyone having that storm, the death of a loved one, I mean, the desperation you might experience from a prodigal child, uh, the hardship from a, a ruined uh, finances or an unexpected diagnosis. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are um, in a position always where you are either abiding in Christ or you're not. Mm-hmm. And um, I love the image, and I've given this um, devotion many, many times about the idea that I want to be in um, uh, one of three boats. The one that Jesus was in sleeping with his head on a cushion right? The storm of life was going on and he was resting on a cushion mm-hmm. in the, in the uh, bottom part of the boat. And he comes up and calms the storm. The other boat I want to be in is the one where he walks across the water and gets into that boat. Or the other boat is the one where he is on the shore speaking and you can hear him throw your nets out. I want to be c- connected in that way. And yesterday I gave an illustration um, because I was hearing that illustration that in my head and I ended up um, saying something that was uh, that I, I didn't make up, but I apparently it sounded like I did, and it was the um, same storm, different boat, huh. and I obviously I did not make that up, but I googled it last night, and it's you know uh, some internet meme, but um, <laughs> I I guess I want to apologize if it made it sound if I took credit for that because I certainly didn't, but the idea of the storms of life of making sure you're in one of those boats mm-hmm. where you can hear God's voice or you're in his presence or he's climbing into it. Those are the places that I want to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cause you know, you need to be in those places because abiding in Christ is not a passive activity, right? It requires action from us. Total action. And, uh, you know, while we are called to abide, right. We've got to do things. And I think that's what you're talking about here is these spiritual disciplines are the way that we abide. Yes. They are the means. They are not the end. Uh, We never worship the means. We worship the end, who is Jesus Christ. And they just draw us in closer and closer to him. And so uh, I agree with you. I think that there's these, these images and these understandings or these practices that just continue to bring us closer and closer to our creator and that's what I'm hoping will happen with this book. I'm yeah. hoping that men will be drawn in closer, just like you were. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Mm-hmm. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Or I think, you know, let's just plan on that being what goes on in this lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. know that God will um, meet us in our time of need and walk us through whatever difficulty we have. But we have to be 
uh, disciplined men. Mm-hmm. And we have to take action and we have to um, follow the rules and advice that you've offered so beautifully, yeah. Vince. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure. I hope this helps guys out there. It's helped me. All right. You know, so I'll sit and brag about it some more. I've still got uh, eight copies to give away, so get in the drawing and get one of these books called to Act, Five Uncomplicated Disciplines for Men. Vince Miller's been my guest, and you can go to his website, which is resolute.com. Org. Dot org. Resolute.org. He's got a whole bunch of books that he's written, and he's a fantastic speaker. If you ever want to consider having him speak at an event, you are going to be happy you had him. So thanks uh, for this hour and, and for the, these books, Called to Act, Five Uncomplicated Disciplines for Men. Text the word book to 877-933-2484. We'll get you in the drawing. We will be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.